Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Uh, Well, my name is Trey Jones, and I am actually the worship director here at River Valley. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I love leading our worship team. Lydia, wherever you are, that was just incredible this morning. It was so good. Thank you. Um, And I get to be speaking today. Uh, We're going to be going through Psalm 23. Uh, You've probably never heard me speak, and that's okay. Let me just tell you, I move fast, I tell lame jokes, and I walk around a lot, okay? So online, I'm so sorry. We have a cameraman. He's going to try and follow me, but um, yeah, I'll do my best. But uh, super excited to be here. You all uh, met my wife this morning, Marcy, as she opened the service. Yes. Um, yeah, we've been married a few years. It has been wonderful. It is truly the best thing that has ever happened to me. Um, it is the best thing. <laughs> Record this. It's the best thing that has ever happened. Uh, you know, I'll tell you a funny story. One time um, we were going for a walk when we were dating and uh, we had the, I think we were talking about like working out and like health stuff. And I, at the time, lived near Chick-fil-A on Broadway, and I think I ate there every day. Um, no joke, you can check with my roommate. And then I had like tacos from Tin Roof Tacos for dinner. So I ate out all the time. I didn't work out. And she's like, you know, like I just have this passion for health. And, you know, she's like, I work out. And she's like, you're going to do that, right? And I was like, uh, I no, I, I didn't know what to say in my mind. And anyway, we, thankfully, she just kind of moved on. And we talked about other stuff. And, but I just remember after that conversation, I was like, this woman is going to make me live longer. I am going to physically have my life extended by this amazing woman. So thank you for allowing me to live longer. So yeah, I would, I'm glad I'm here today. So um, today, we're going to jump into Psalm 23. So if you don't have your Bible, your Bible app, you're going to want to bookmark that. We're going to be there all day today. And what I'm really hoping for today is to be more like um, maybe like a workshop or something that's a little bit more like contributive from you than just me speaking. I have some thoughts. I have some things, but I want to hear from you. We're really going to learn from each other and we're really going to soak in Psalm 23 and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to teach us all together. So we're all just going to be students of his word this morning. Um, We're all just going to submit ourselves to what this psalm is saying, and we're all hopefully going to get something from it. I I don't know why you came. Maybe you came to see Harper because she's amazing and adorable. Maybe this is just your first time you're checking us out. Maybe you're joining us online for the first time. Um, Whatever that reason is, I just want to let you know that God has a word for you today. He has something that he wants to impart into your heart, into your life, that he wants to grow. It might just be a seed today. It might be, he might harvest something from your life today, but he has something for you today. And so I'm just going to pray and I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and do what only he can do. So will you join me? Holy Spirit, we just open up your word and we open up our hearts. Lord, we say that we are hungry for you. And Lord, if we weren't when we came in, we turn our attention to you and say, we want you. Lord, we want the word that you have. We want all that you have today from your word and from learning from each other today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I almost forgot. Hey, if you are a child or an adult and you need a little word search, I have a word search on Psalm 23. So I'm going to set up, Jason's going to be right here. So if you, kids, come and get him. This is okay. This is church. Kids, you can get up. Kids, come get us a word search if you want one. 
Adults, teens, it's acceptable. It's on Psalm 23, so you'll stay focused. It's good. It's good. Uh, yes, there we go. There we go. I love this. This is my style of teaching where there's lots of things happening in the room. I have my phone in my hand. I don't have my coffee, but um, this is my style. A little bit chaotic, a little bit of noise, a little bit of fun. This is all good. So, ah, yes, yes. I know there's full sentences on there. This is a good word search, let me just tell you. It took me like an hour to find a free one. I'll just tell you that. Uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. Okay, open up to Psalm 23. Get back into your phone. Let me get mine open or your Bible if you're an OG. Um, that's right. Come on now. Alonzo, you know you are an original gangster, my friend. Come on, the OG. If you have your paper Bible, you are a Christian OG. You got the word of the Lord. I've got, I've got this now. This is all I have. I don't even know where my Bible is anymore. It's buried, uh, like, by the net, you know, my bed. But just show you. My wife, shh, just giving me the signal. Don't say that. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 23. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Such a rich text from David. Such a rich understanding of, of who God is and who we are. And to bring some context, David was a shepherd, so he understood and he began to draw this symbolism of sheep and shepherd. And today, we're, we're going to bounce between those two things. We're going to read this passage, if we do it as many times as I think, at least eight times, which will be awesome, looking at some different translations and learning and how to apply this to our life. And... Um, Really, there's two things I want you to think about as we go through all of the text, as we uh, visit what this means, as we share with one another what we're getting. What I want you to think about is that there's really two parts or two sides or two facets to the Christian life. There's the contemplative, which is like the internal. It's, it's our emotions, it's our mind, it's our will, it's, it's all the things, right, that happen in this geographic region of me or geographic region of you, Okay. And then we have the action. The second part would be the action, which is our behavior, which is, right, our actions, our choices, the things that we do. There's really two parts to our Christian life. And I believe today that God wants to speak to you in both of those places, on the internal and on the external. He has a word for you in both of those places. Let's talk a little bit about the shepherd. Who is the shepherd in this story? Someone's like, I don't know. Is it David? Um, uh, I think there's a story about him. And Oh, wait, we're in church, so I should say Jesus. Yeah, God, our Father, right? He is the shepherd. And who are the sheep? 
We are. Okay, this is good. This is good. You guys are really getting the hang of this. Um, let's talk about us first. Let's talk about the sheep first. And if you know me, I uh, love fun facts. So here's my sheep fun facts for you. Um, think of yourself as a sheep. Picture yourself as a sheep. <laughs> Mine would be like a little bit plump and hopefully wearing this shirt at least. So because I don't want to just be a naked sheep. It's embarrassing. Um, sheep. Here's some fun facts about some sheep. They have a field of vision of 270 to 320 degrees. So they can literally see almost everything except for directly behind them. They have rectac- uh, rectangular pupils. I didn't know this. I learned a lot about sheep, you guys. And I'm only sharing like five facts with you. There's like a hundred. Um, they have an excellent sense of smell. Um, they have scent glands in their eyes and their feet. Fun fact. This is just fun fact. I know. This isn't like theology. They're like, oh my gosh, what is he doing? Uh, They form strong social bonds between one another. Many think of uh, their flocking instinct to be a sign of dumbness. It is, in fact, a community-based survival mechanism where they have learned that their strength is much greater in numbers and their comfort and survival is enhanced as a group rather than individuals. This is my favorite one. This is my last one. Sheep are incredibly complex. They're able to experience, recognize, and distinguish a wide range of emotions. Many studies highlight the ability for sheep to feel afraid, angry, bored, sad, and happy. Interesting. Not only are sheep able to feel basic emotions, but their feelings can be very complex and include interactions between emotions and cognition. And this is my favorite part. Believe it or not, scientific studies have shown that sheep can be pessimists or optimists. If I was a sheep, I would be a pessimistic sheep. I'd be like, I'm just going to the slaughter. (laughs) This is what they have me for. (laughs) It's coming. Do you hear the sound? That would be me. I'm a pessimist sheep in the house. Anybody? Okay. Uh, We're the sheep. (laughs) Too bad. Thanks, Terry, for that. I got to share that joke. Oh, man. Sheep fun facts. Sheep fun facts. Let's look at Psalm 23 again. I'm in the New Living Translation. I'm a sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Let's talk about God, our shepherd. One of his names, right? One of the things we call him is our great shepherd. Why? Because he leads us. You know, we we say things like he's our provider, our healer, our protector, our covering, right? We sing songs about these things. We might even say declarations. We read it in our Bible, hopefully. Um, But let's look at him as our shepherd. And I found this really interesting article from a modern-day shepherd. I just want to read it to you. It's not super long. A shepherd's life is most humble. From the beginning of time, shepherds have been the proverbial ditch diggers, the downtrodden, the disrespected. 
Hence, even the angels came to the shepherds, the lowliest of all men, to share the news of the birth of Christ. Over the centuries, nothing has changed much. From the shepherds of the hills of Scotland to the shepherds of the new western frontier to the Basque shepherds who migrated from Mexico and became the shepherds of the far west and the emancipated slaves who headed west with prolific breeding sheep as their source of livelihood. All have been discriminated upon and viewed as a lowly class over the ages. Even today, many wish not to be referred to as shepherds, but instead as ranchers, landowners, or flock owners. The shepherd's path to success depends on tending to the flock, but caring for the individual. The success of the shepherd is in the compassion they have for each individual. This means being able to identify a sick or injured sheep or lamb within a flock of hundreds or thousands of sheep, assisting with the birth of a lamb when needed, caring for a lamb orphaned by its mother, providing the expectant mother with enhanced nutrition or weaning a lamb in a compassionate manner. They're all a part of the job. The more concern the shepherd has for the individuals who are in need, the healthier the flock. I just love that picture. I read that and I was like, oh, that is so who God is. The health of the flock depends on the health of you. The health of the body of Christ depends on the health of you. A lot of times we can get really individual and it's, it's all about me or it's about my purpose. It's about my things. It's about my sin. It's about my brokenness. And God says, yes, it is. I'm here to meet with you. I'm here to love on you. I'm here to bring healing to you because when you thrive, the rest of the body thrives. When we all thrive, we experience something called multiplication where our little sheep herd gets too big for the building. It's who our shepherd is, God, our shepherd. He cares about the success of humanity, his creation. He made us. And he goes, ah, I'm the God of the universe, and I care about you, your individual heart, your individual struggle. And you heard it this morning. The Father's invitation today is here for you, the individual. The Father, the shepherd, is here going, hey, I see where you're at. I know where you're at. I am here with you. You might be in the best week of your life, and he is like, I am right here with you. We are going. Here we are, party, sheep party, and the shepherd. He's like, I am here. This is awesome. I love what you're learning. I love how your job is going. I love how well you're doing in COVID. I love that you have health. Or you might be like, ah, this was the most challenging week I've ever faced. And he's like, yeah, I'm right here. I see where you're at. It might, you might even be in the place of like brokenness or like sin. Like you can't get away from something. You might be in bondage. And he's like, yeah, I'm right here. He meets us where we're at. A shepherd is always, always always tending his flock and caring for those in it. He's never absent. He's never absent. He's always present. Here's what I want to do next. I want to look at some different translations. Um, so I need some Bible readers, okay? So I need, well, let's do five. I need five Bible readers. Come on. Okay, I need one from this section right here. Yep. Okay, Daryl, uh, will you look in the New King James for me? Pull that. Thank you. Hi, I love you. 
It's, it's paper. Come on. That's a man of God right there. He has the New King James in paper. That's right. Okay, uh, I have two readers. Um, Naya, can I have you? Which Bible do you have? Do you know? Hello. Yes, perfect. I need that. Uh, I, need, I need an ESV. Who has an ESV? The ESV is for me. ESV, thank you, Pastor Jason. Uh, I need an Amplified. Anyone so daring? Amplified, thank you. Uh, I need the message. Emily's got the message. Uh, and then I need the NIV. NIV? Holla. Okay. So you find your place. Look it over. I'm going to come to you. Sorry, Cameron, online. I love you all. Here's the New King James for us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. New King James, I love that. As we just read these, if you're not reading, I want you just to soak on these words. Just hear what God is saying through this scripture. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I shall not want. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still and quiet waters. He refreshes and restores my soul, life. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the sunless valley of the shadow of death, I fare no evil, for you are with me. Your rod to protect, your staff to guide, they comfort and console me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed and refreshed my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell forever throughout all my days in the house and in the presence of the Lord. That's good. Thank you. Come right over here. Naya. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all of the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths. For his name's sake, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, 
and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Two more to go here. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I am not afraid. When you walk at my side, your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's so good sometimes just to reference other translations that we don't live in. I live in the ESV sometimes, and it's so good to hear what other people have translated words are to see the similarities, to see some different word pictures that sometimes just frankly resonate differently with you, that highlight different things. Um, Pastor Tim shared last week that this kind of came out of what the Lord spoke to him last summer, and then we went to a staff retreat, and we had a time of worship, several times actually of being together and um, worshiping and, and reading through the psalm, and we, we did the same thing you just did. We just took turns reading different translations, and um, we wrote down some things, and uh, I just want to share with you um, one of the things I wrote down on Psalm 23, and I think Pastor Tim shared uh, Mark, what Mark wrote last week, and we were all kind of writing, uh, if you will, our own application or our own, like, uh, I don't want to say versions, because it's not what we were doing, but we were writing like an application, as if I was writing Psalm 23, and that's what I did. I wrote, I wrote about who God was to me, who he's been, um, but kind of in the framework of Psalm 23, so I just want to share that with you. Um, I did a little verse breakdown and I just said in verse 1, he's my shepherd and he's all that I need. Verse 2, he gives rest and leads me to peace. Verse 3, renews my strength, guides me on right paths, right? This is just really dry and kind of practical stuff. Verse 4, he's close beside me. His rod and his staff equal comfort and protection. Verse 5, he celebrates me in trials. Um, he honors me and he overflows my cup. Verse 6, pursues me. And then here's what I wrote. And these are just my really honest, raw writing. So I just said, why can I trust you? You have many names and characteristics, notable reputation markers. You give me rest first thing. I declare you are my shepherd. And then you lead me into provision, rest, and peace. You renew my strength, my body, my mind, my heart. Then from rest, we walk onto a right path, which brings you honor. We walk into my darkest valley, the shadow of death, where all of me dies. But I'm not afraid because you're beside me. 
comforting my pain and protecting me with discipline and correction. Then in the darkness of things dying, you celebrate me with feasting, with fullness, with abundance, extravagance, mocking my enemies. At the table, there is healing from your oil, and I overflow with blessings. Pursued by goodness and unfailing love, I will live in your house each day. I just want to dive in kind of verse by verse again. But in verse 1, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Oh, it's just cutting in and out. It's all right. It might have been me. Check. We good here? Awesome. Thank you, Jason. Again, thinking about those two facets, those two sides of who we are, the contemplative, the internal, the thoughts, the wills, the emotions, the brokenness, the sin, the, the things, the joys, the purpose, the secrets, the, uh, the hidden places of our hearts that we don't let anybody else in. That's what he is the shepherd of. He's the shepherd of the external, your choices, your actions, your attitudes, your behavior, all the things you will do, your purpose played out. He is the shepherd of those things. He's our leader, provider. I love what that article says, that a shepherd is one of the lowliest professions. And isn't it interesting that the God of the universe allowed himself to be portrayed as the lowliest person? What a foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to come and do in the way that he came and he lived and he died for us. To be the cursed man who bore sin for humanity and hung on a tree. I have all that I need. Because of who he is, I have sufficiency. The belief of satisfaction comes not from what I have or possess, but from the choice of my mind and heart to be content with what is in my hands and where I currently am at. This is what I am learning. We're in the process of home ownership, which is so exciting and crazy. Uh, our Boise market is like flooding. People are selling their homes for what feels like millions of dollars for 300 square feet. It's an exaggeration, but that's how I feel. I'm like, oh, and I, <coughs> excuse me, I keep, I'm like, okay, once I get a house, I'll have the house and I'll be like fully an adult. <laughs> it's like part of my inner monologue. <laughs> Perks of hearing me speak, you get to know my innermost thoughts. <laughs> Once I have the house, once I have this amount saved in my savings account, once I start investing in this area of the market, once I have this, <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd and I have all that I need. Present tense. I have all that I need. You might have nothing. It's all that you need. Ouch. <laughs> Can I, I'm just going to say that. You might feel like you have nothing. It's all that you need. It may not be all that you ever have. It's just all that you need. It's where you're at. Today, who you are in this moment is who you are in this moment. It can't change. It can only change what is going to happen. What is to come. That is what changes. 
You have all that you need. He lets me rest in green meadows. This is verse two. He leads me beside peaceful streams. What are meadows? What is David depicting? How can we apply this? Shout out some answers. What do you think this is? Lush? Peaceful? Place to fill up. Thank you. Supply. I love it. Any others? Comfort. Where can we find that? Where does David find that? Why? David has obviously found it because he writes about it. So where is the green meadow? Where is the peaceful stream? Because he's not talking about geographic location. I mean, I will just say, a green meadow, a stream, maybe like a charcuterie board picnic, <laughs> kombucha, you know, <laughs> healthy Chick-fil-A. Um, <laughs> where is that? Someone was shaking a little book in their hand. Holla. Yeah, the word of God. It's not just a state of mind. You have access to the green meadow, to the peaceful stream in his word. In that little version Bible app. In that OG paper brick you got. You have access to the green meadow. It's his word. It's his presence. It's his written word and what he is speaking. He is speaking. He wants to speak to you in your everyday life. Verse 3, he renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. What are some other words for renew? Restore, refresh, refresh. Yes, I love it. When you get refreshed, you just need to refresh again. Sometimes my life is like the web browser that doesn't load. I just got to key click and refresh. It's like, oh, it's got to happen, Lord. Come on, refresh me. Come on, Google. Recycle. Okay, interesting. Yeah, taking something, making it new. Yep. Think about it and shout it out when you think. Revive, restore, refresh. I like those words. I'm, I'm, not there, I'm not looking for like the secret right answer, okay? We're just, we're learning from each other, hearing what other people are saying and getting different word pictures in our minds. How about this part? He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Uh Proverbs 25 says that he leads the humble in what is right and that he teaches them his way. He leads me along right paths. There's paths that he can see ahead of you and he's going to go, hey, go this way. Oh, don't go that way. Oh, actually, we're going to need to come this way. Oh, there's a turn coming up. Or actually, you might be in the middle of a turn in your life and you can't see anything and he's going, it's okay. Shepherd is still here. He never, leads his, never leaves his flock behind. He's still with you. I wrote that he leads me for who he is and his character and nature, not because of who I am. He fully loves me. I believe that God is like all about me in more ways than I can understand, but he leads me because of who he is, his character and his nature, his stature, his all that he is. That's what 
who he leads me from is from him. That's why we can talk about the goodness of God and sing about the goodness of God because it's all about him being good. It's not about my circumstances. It's just who he is. It's his nature. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. The darkest valley. I think we traditionally know this as even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. I read a commentary um, that I really loved. And it talks about how, A, this is a geographic location, the valley of the shadow of death. They believe that David is referring to a specific valley where pretty much if you went there, you died. It was really sad. Bad things happened. And um, what I find interesting from this commentary was the mention of a shadow. Is a shadow the physical being? Let's all go back to our Disney days when there was a little man in green tights named Peter Pan who flew around and uh, collected kids to fly to an island. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this sounds scary. <laughs> and he had a what? What? He had a shadow. And he had lost his shadow. Is the shadow him? Oh, ooh, this is going to be a good debate. Okay. There's some light here. I'm going to ask Doug, Okay. Wise man, right here. Am I my shadow? Is that my physical essence of my being, my shadow? Can you touch my shadow? You can touch my shadow. Okay, come touch my shadow. I didn't feel it, though. I can't feel it. It's true. It's true. Oh, Doug, you outsmarted me. It's not the essence of who you are. Hear this. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it is but a shadow. What you fear, what you face is a shadow. You might have constant anxiety. You might wake up in the mornings and be like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get out of bed today. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. This is the deepest. This is the darkest place I've ever been. You're walking in the shadow because he, as your shepherd, has you, your physical being, you. I'm just going to put this out there. Even if the worst thing, like a lot of people's worst fear is dying. It used to be one of my worst fears. Even in death, it's still the shadow. Why is it the shadow? Why is it the shadow? Pastor Tim, help me out. Because we have eternal life in him. So even if your anxiety actually crushes you and you can't get out of bed and the worst thing happens, it is still the shadow. And the shepherd is here in the shadow. It says, even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I will not be afraid for you are, yeah, close beside me, with me. We all know different versions. It's okay. He's with you. 
Listen, in your broken moment, he is with you. In that moment, when you turn on that show and you watch that show that you know you're not supposed to, he's with you. Even in that moment, when you're talking with your coworker and you're gossiping about your boss, he is with you. Even in that moment where you're doing the things that you're like, I'm not supposed to be doing this, he is with you. Even in that hopeless place, that darkest place where you are laying in bed and you don't know if you're gonna make it through today, he is there with you. Your shepherd is here with you caring for the individual and watching the flock succeed and grow. You prepare, I'm going to move on to verse five. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. I really like what I wrote in my little thing. I was like, oh, I like that. He celebrates you. We need to understand that God is not the God who's like, and they shall do everything right, and I will sit here and watch them. I don't know why this is my God pose or voice, but this is how it came out. I think God likes the party. Jesus told a parable about a son who literally did everything wrong that you could ever do in a culture. Everything that you could do in that culture, that son did. So today in the United States, the worst thing you could do, we'll just say that son did. The son decides to go back home and the father throws him a party. Just tell you what, my child be like, uh-uh, you're going to sit right here. We're going to talk. He throws him a party. Some of my most intimate most precious, most vulnerable, most special moments have been when I have been doing something I shouldn't and then I choose to come to the Father and I find his love. And I think it's just, it's just natural with the way we grow up to um, expect punishment. Not discipline, we expect punishment. There's a difference between correction and punishment. If you didn't know, now you know. We, I expect to be punished. When I do something wrong, I'm like, I should be punished. I've sat with pastors in this church and been like, I should be punished. You should do this. You should kick me out. You should throw me out. You should physically punch me, push me down because that'd make me feel better. I have said some of, Pastor Tim can verify. I've said some of those things. Like, I would just, I, I need to be punished. God's like, I'm going to throw you a feast. I'm going to celebrate you. Why? Because you're back in the flock. You came back to me. We see this from David's life. David had huge mistakes, and every time we see him turning back to God and God blessing him. He's one of the most, I think, talked about figures in Christianity. In my personal opinion, no, no statistics, nothing behind that, just me personally. He's allowed to be in the direct lineage of Jesus. And he made a lot of mistakes and he turned to God. My cup overflows with blessings. He celebrates us with abundance and he wants to overflow you with blessings from the inside out. I was talking to 
uh, a friend this last week and we were talking about abundant life and talking about provision and how God does things. And so many times I'm like, the blessing of God. I just got a new Mercedes. I've gotten a million dollar bills, right? Like this is like, yeah, y'all are getting a lot of insight into my life. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, that's the blessings of God. The blessings of God. The abundance of God. Self-control, patience, goodness, gentleness, self-control. That's the abundance of God from the inside out. I will say God does give you things. I don't know why he does. He just does. He knows what you need. One time, I think I've told this story before here, but one time I wrecked my car, didn't know what to do, and I was like, okay, my car is officially dead. It is officially gone. No idea, and someone gave me a car. Someone gave me a nice car. I was driving a 1990 Toyota Camry. <laughs> Someone gave me like a 2000, I don't even know what year it was, but it was a Subaru Outback and it was nice. I was like, yeah, leather seats, OG. <laughs> CD player, 15 disc changer, sunroof. I was like, yeah. Sometimes I didn't have 15 discs. I don't even know, it was probably like five or six, but. He wants to give you the abundant life from the inside out. Verse 6, oh man, I love this one. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. One of the commentaries says this, um, that goodness and unfailing love are a part of your royal entourage. It's hard. I, I have a hard time connecting to the idea of royalty, A, because of my own personal mentality, but B, because I grew up in the States and that just wasn't a thing. And a lot of times it's like the tyrant king that we got away from, right? Anybody? 1776, history class, Hamilton, come on. I won't sing, I promise. Um, but so I get all these ideas in my head and the commentator actually talked about how when royalty traveled, they never went anywhere alone. It wasn't allowed it was not the way things went. They had a royal entourage. Listen, you have a royal entourage of goodness and unfailing love that wants to tend to these needs. That wants to tend to these needs. That wants to be with you in your conflict with your spouse or with your child or with your coworker or with your sibling. That's where he wants to shepherd. Listen, we don't need a shepherd here in this moment. When we're sitting in church and we're all just like, yay, we're worshiping him. And it's like, yeah, no, I need him when I'm at home on Tuesday. And my wife says, what are we having for dinner? And I was like, how about we do this? And then she goes, great. And then I don't do it. And then I change my mind. And then I say we should go for a drive. And she's like, I thought you were making dinner. And then we have like, this is our like our awkward tension moments. I get really awkward. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Okay. Uh. <laughs> she's like, what are you doing? Lord, where's the shepherd? <laughs> Shepherd, come. <laughs> Listen, it's in the moment when you are talking with your parents and they're telling you to do something and you're like, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to. That's what I said. I don't know. You probably never say that. <laughs> never. Parents, it's when you're talking to your kid and you're facing a situation you don't know what to do. You don't know how to bring discipline. You don't know the correction and you want to... I know none of our parents have ever felt that way either. You guys are such good sheep, shepherded so well. 
He wants to meet you where you are. Because where you are, he is close beside you. Uh, are my teachers ready? Teachers, holla, who are with the kids today? Yeah. All right, kids, you guys can go back. They're going back in the back with your teachers. Thank you so much. Look at all those little sheep. Cutest sheep I've ever seen. Thank you, Miss Kelly and Miss Erin for leading our kids today. Yeah, it's okay to give them a hand. It's okay. <laughs> you notice I'm not taking your kids back there. They are. <laughs> it's hard being a sheep sometimes. It's really difficult. It's real life. It's real life. I feel like that sometimes on Monday morning. I'm like, what? <laughs> Lord. You promised me blessings. Blessings would be Monday just disappears. <laughs> I have a meeting with, every week with uh, Pastor Tim and Jason, and he's always like, How, how's your Monday going? Fine. Man, you, you sound so excited. I'm like, it's Monday. <laughs> it's like my least favorite day. It just it always comes around. Uh, I just want to read this one more time for you. And then I'm going to wrap it up here for you. Why can I trust you? You have many names and characteristics, notable reputation markers. You give me rest first thing. I declare you are my shepherd, and then you lead me into provision, rest, and peace. You renew my strength, my body, my mind, my heart. Then from rest, we walk into a, path, a right path, which brings you honor. We walk into my darkest valley, the shadow of death, where all of me dies. But I'm not afraid because you're beside me, comforting my pain and protecting me with discipline and correction. Then in the darkness of things, then in the darkness of things dying, you celebrate with feasting, with fullness, with abundance, with extravagance, mocking my enemies. At the table, there is healing from your oil, and I overflow with blessings, pursued by goodness and unfailing love. I will live in your house each day. This week, I want you to put on the lens of Psalm 23, to think of it like a pair of glasses that you wear, to think about how each day, emulates the rhythm and the flow of Psalm 23. Even your weekly pattern, your monthly pattern. One of the things we talked about at the retreat was, isn't it interesting how Psalm 23 could be applied to the Christian walk? We say, yes, Lord, I'm going to follow you, and you step into rest, into knowing him, into learning who he is. And then he takes you by your little hoof, <laughs> Because we're sheep. We don't have hands. So it's got your little hoof. And he leads you. Yeah, it's a funny picture, I know. I'm laughing in my head. I'm a little three-legged lamb hopping. He takes you, and he goes the place that you don't want to go. He takes you to the valley of the shadow of death, where you're going to face everything down, where you're going to receive freedom from your bondage, where you're going to receive healing from your past hurts, where trauma is going to be exposed, where healing is going to take place. He takes you to the place you would never go on your own. 
You'd never go there. He takes you there and then celebrates you. There he gives you abundance. There he pours out his blessings on you. It's through the valley. It's not around the valley. It's through your circumstances. It's through your trials. Jesus said, when you face trials and tribulations. Not if. He's there. He's with you. I just, um, I believe, just as we close, I just have a couple things left. Um, I just really sensed as I was preparing this word that I was to release a prophetic word into your life about a new season. And I believe as a church, I believe corporately, I believe individually, that we are walking into a new season, a new spiritual pasture, if you will, where the word of God, when we open it, is going to be correcting us, is going to be comforting us, is going to be speaking to us. I believe there's a fresh grace to get into the word of God. I was just uh, telling uh, Tim this last week, uh, we read through the Bible in a month at the beginning of the year, and since then, my Bible reading is struggling at best. Because I read through so much of it, and then I was like, okay, I'll just read a little bit. And it's been like such a battle and such a struggle. And sometimes I win and sometimes I lose. Listen, there's a fresh grace to open the word of God and to receive from the word of God. This flock is getting ready to move. Yeah, this flock is getting ready to move. And you're not going to get left behind. He never leaves you behind. He's always with you. He's always beside you. There's a new season for you. In the flock, the community of the church, in the body of Christ. And there's a new season for you individually on the internal. I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to start making you aware of things that you weren't aware of. That some of you are even going to walk into your valley of the shadow of death with the shepherd. He's going to begin to expose things. And it's in those moments where he's going to be close and you're going to experience freedom. You're going to experience anxiety. You're going to experience fear. And he's going to be there with you going, it's okay. We're going to get through this. Let's stand together. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.